Welcome to another episode of Our Brains Hurt. We'll get to the show in a second, but first, this episode of Our Brains Hurt is brought to you by Wicked Cat Clothing, your place for all your horror-themed apparel. They have shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, all types of apparel, uh, hoodies, hoodie dresses, everything is horror-themed. I know a lot of you guys are horror fans. We have a lot of uh, horror punk bands on the show. We talk about horror movies all the time. This is your place, Wicked Cat Clothing to get horror-themed apparel. So head over to wickedcatclothing.com and get your apparel today. It is eclectic clothing to inspire your inner horror queen. That's wickedcatclothing.com and on all social media outlets at Wicked Cat Clothing. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of Our Brains Hurt with Ron and Matt. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, so what's going on, Matt? Well, uh, I just had a conversation about beating up the buffering guy. Yeah. I mean, besides that, I mean, that's... <laughs> oh, 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 gotcha. Oh, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's... <laughs> Wait, are you drinking Schlitz? Yeah, it's my blue bowl, man. Oh man, I'm a, I'm an avid. Nice. Learning to, from your learning from your fairy bum father. That was a blast from the past. Well, his was <laughs> Steel Reserve, I think, or maybe OE or whatever. Yeah, same shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I uh, I used to work with this dude Kevin, man, and this is a long time ago. I was like it was like 18 to like 22 or something, and. Yeah. uh after work, we used to deliver pizza. And after work, me and him used to always get off and go buy a fucking couple blue bowls here, <laughs> and and uh, enjoy ourselves a nice cold frosty forty. Uh, this is a recent thing. I'm bringing it back. Nice. I was like, whatever. It's like fucking three bucks for a forty. I yeah. used to be. I used to drink Mickey's all the time. Mm-hmm. That's Mickey's what they had at my. Co- yeah, yeah, they had that at my corner store, but then yeah. they they stopped having. They had like the thirty two ounce ones. And I was yeah. so super stoked about it. And uh, yeah, and I was like, and then all of a sudden they weren't there anymore and the spot was taken up and the, and the yeah. guy's name is Sean. And I was like, Sean, what the fuck happened to the Mickey's dude? And he was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> uh, nobody buys that. I didn't sell. I was like, uh, I did. It's why it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he, is. there he is. Rick Flair has entered the building. <laughs> the first rule of the evening. I we, we need shirts. I'm telling you, man. The, the one. Ah, there it is. We need to have a drinking game <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah. And now he's going crazy because I'm laughing uh, at him. <laughs> Go upstairs. We had these three kittens that were fostering that are right next to me too. They're not too happy with his wooing. I don't even care what I was talking about earlier. He's more important. <laughs> All right, Damon is in the room. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Excited. Get upstairs. Hey. Oh man, Ric Flair is going off tonight. Right. I love I love this. All right, I'm gonna let him in. Oh, there, there he is. Go. Yeah. Ah, sorry yeah. about that, guys. That's all right. You are you are, however, sideways. Which is fine if that's how you prefer Uh-oh. to there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you guys? Good man. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right. Yeah, the, uh, did uh, I, this is you know generally a topic nowadays. But uh, how were you during COVID, coming out of COVID? Like, how did uh, 
How did it treat you? Honestly, not horrible. There's some, uh, there was some residual weirdness I found by like actually <clears throat> getting back to work. I was out of work for like six months. Uh, it was kind of strange just being around people again. And then, you know, a couple of weeks ago was like one of the very first shows here in St. Louis. And so I was like, oh, it'll be great. You know, I'll go and I'll see some friends. And like all of a sudden it's like, man, there are a lot of people here. <laughs> and <laughs> my anxiety just cannot handle this. So I stayed as long as I could. But man, it's just it's it's odd how used to not being around anybody that you become. Yeah, it's just strange. Yeah, this interesting dynamic. Very weird. Yeah, I've had to up, I've had to up my anxiety meds uh, over the past year. To be honest, like, <laughs> just oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I I considered it, and then I didn't. I just stuck with my regular medication. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. But uh, you were you able to stay safe during the whole thing. Yeah, we we stayed safe. We stayed healthy. Uh, most of our family stayed safe and healthy. Um, th those who did get sick didn't get real sick. So, I mean, that was, that was a very positive thing. Okay. Good. So you're in St. Louis. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, bipolar records in a second, but I have a question. I know you're a chef too, as well, right? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. So what is up with pizza in St. Louis? Oh, I've, I've heard about like, <laughs> I've never actually had this. The agency that I work for, we have an office in St. Louis. I've been there a couple of times. I've never had the pizza, but I've heard so many people talk about it. So I just would like, what is it? I just don't, I don't get it. Like it has to be, it has to be something about the people that were actually like born and raised here or something, yeah. because, you know, we came here and we heard the same thing. So it's like, Oh, you got to try it. You got to try it. So we like tried it. It's like, Oh my God, this is, horrible why would you do this <laughs> and and why would you call it pizza when you did it yeah it's, it just makes no sense at all and you know i won't i won't call out one particularly famous restaurant here for their you know pizza emos but they were just <laughs> terrible and i don't get why there's so much love for them now now i have to have it based on like your description of it because i'm weird and have to eat weird and terrible things so right so it's now, like now you have to do it to just punish yourself it's like watching a horrible movie it's oh, i gotta see it through to the end because it, yeah for it the can't story stay this bad right <laughs> yeah I, and i work with somebody from st louis and she swears by it like she's like oh no it's so good but what is what is like is it is it something weird like you know chicago deep dish pizza or is it like it, it, it is it is like super thin crust like almost like a cracker with sauce on it and then they have this weird i think they call it provel cheese which is like a mixture of like three different cheeses that somehow they think is delicious together and it is just <laughs> odd it is just one of the oddest things i've ever encountered so, so that's like <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like pizza on a cracker Basically, yeah, it's, you know, if you were to take like a Lunchable, except somehow make it horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the Lunchable pizzas. Oh. oh, why do kids go crazy over those fucking things? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Now that we got the pizza out of the way, let's talk about uh, Bipolar <laughs> Records. Tell us about the label and how it started and all that good stuff. Um, we, me and my buddy Andy uh, Harrison out in, when I still lived in Las Vegas, uh, we used to go to shows and stuff together all the time. Uh, he's in a number of bands. We just have a lot of love for the punk community, for music in general. And, uh, you know, we kept going back and forth because we'd see these bands and we were like, well, you know, they're so small, they get overlooked, but like their music should really kind of come out and be spread around. And so we got into our heads that, hey, we really think that maybe this is something we want to do. And our uh, good friend, Alan Carter, uh, out there, he actually ran Squid Hat Records. Um, and he's a good friend of ours. So we sat down with him one night and we're like, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? And he told us, by all means, do not do that if you ever want to make any money or <laughs> have, a, you know, any sort of time for yourself or any of that. He's like, but if you don't, it's a really, it's a really cool and rewarding thing. And so we had a lot of like coffee shop meetings, trying to come up with a name, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And uh, finally we decided that both of us were curmudgeonly enough that uh, we were sort of disenchanted and jaded and disillusioned like the old guys that we are, but yet we still had a lot of love for the punk community and the new bands and everything coming up. So we just kind of stuck with bipolar that it sort of fit our attitude and that's where we went. That was almost four years now. So, man, we're coming up on our birthday in January. Nice. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Four, four years uh, keeping a record label going, an independent one in this day and age is not a, it's not an easy task. No. And I mean, and we are small. We don't, we don't do a ton of releases or anything like that. But the ones that we've done, we're, we're super proud of. We're super proud of the bands. Uh, they've all sort of, become like family the ones that weren't um a lot of friends involved and so yeah it's it's just a really great time honestly good yeah i mean that's what it's supposed to be about really right it's like right friendship family the music not so much the money you know money's nice yeah. but and, you know <laughs> and right exactly it's like you know we always joke it's like well we'll never make you know fat wreck money but we'll have a lot of fat wreck fun so yeah we can live with that it's yeah. good hey you know gonna have that amount of fun anyways may as well like do something with the people you're having the fun with while you're doing it you know absolutely yes yeah, i started a label like actually four years ago as well like june of 2017 <clears throat> snubbed records and i you know at, at first you know, I, I was signing. I, I pretty much bit off more than I could chew from the beginning, which was a which was bad, a problem. You know that kind of you know escalated <laughs> through the years, like, just trying <laughs> <laughs> trying to do too much with too little. Um, and and then with the with the shutdowns and stuff, we had a bunch of shows planned, a bunch of releases planned that just got wiped out. Um, so I mean. The label's not dead, but it's, I don't know. It's yeah. there, but it's on pause, I guess. It's, um, I got a daughter going to college next year. So, um, you know, yeah. Funding records. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's, a, so expensive. it's a side project now. Yeah, exactly. yeah it yeah. really is. And even, even when you can find a good deal, it's still, it's a lot of money. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, people buy vinyl, player. but vinyl's so expensive to press. Yeah, for sure. And you have to sell a lot of it to, you know, besides just breaking even to make anything at all on it, you've got to sell it for a ridiculous amount, which you don't want to do. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then if you don't have like a ton of bands, you have to sell like a lot of one record relatively quickly if you want to keep doing oh yeah for sure yeah (laughs) which is hard it's very hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) that i you know that i've i've had this theory for for a while and i know i've talked with people on here before about it but um what i always say is like hey you know in the 1950s when rock and roll was under attack you know we we legitimately had like ships off the coast of england like pilot radioing like rock and roll broadcasts and stuff like that granted uh we won or rock and roll won <laughs> you know at that time but do you think the people that were trying to cancel rock and roll stopped and they were like oh, oh i guess we'll take our losses and walk away nah they kept trying and and we've gotten to a point now where i don't know if they're like so successful but they're somewhat successful because rock and roll hardly exists in the mainstream anymore and people like yourself and Ron here, you know, that's what it does to trying to sell records. Great bands can't sell the music. Yeah. And then you're forced into, you know, different social media constructs and, yep. you know, trying to get your name out there and trying right. to sell it through contacting zines, trying to get reviews. Yeah, because just- anybody saying anything is a good thing honestly yeah because no independent record labels like you know the size of like you guys no, nobody has big like advertisement money to shell out to like you know even like a local radio station or something like that you know that shit's fucking expensive right it and really it, is and it adds up quick <laughs> yeah and it's also like takes up so much time like you could easily put in 40 to 60 hours a week just trying to get your name out there um oh and it's it's just like it's a non-stop like yeah besides the money thing it's just like a time thing as well man it's like if you don't have somebody helping you out yeah and it's (laughs) super easy to get burned out on it too like for a week and you're still super you know you're super pumped and everything and you're like telling everybody you can think of about it and then after about eight days you're like I'm pretty much told everybody they're either going to bother or they're not. So it's like, I guess we just sit back and hope for the best after. This. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound so depressing. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, there's people out there, kids growing up. You want to do this. You got to bring it back. You got to help me. <laughs> not based off this conversation, but Hey, you know, you still want to. <laughs> Somebody out there is successful at it. Kids do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Follow their model. <laughs> Let us be a warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you gotta get distro like that's like a you know that's like a record label for record labels basically like they have to like you and and that's do you have do you, who how do you do distribution it's in <laughs> just in spare bedroom that's, that's yeah <laughs> that's, that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically we just have everybody email justin it's like you know we get like overseas requests I'm like oh my god shipping so expensive it's like here's justin's email just ask him what he can do for you and we'll figure something out um we we've talked around to a few people and i don't know we're slow and we just don't do it so just justin handles everything (laughs) hey the records are his anyway so i mean you know 
his his band we've done three albums for him now so he, he owes us <laughs> that's like he's working off the debt right <laughs> yeah distribution is basically all consignment anyway like you're not going to get paid unless you know unless it gets sold and, and, the, yeah, and then right. you don't have the product so right yeah and then they'll sell it for whatever they can basically so you know it's just a whole mess yeah, yeah. but you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> yeah yeah not all about that life i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm like, man, I've made some really horrible decisions with my life, haven't I? <laughs> but at the same time, it, like you said, it is extremely rewarding to, you know, I, like like you said, I've come across bands that are like, man, this band is really, really good. And nobody knows about them outside of like the D.C., Baltimore area. Um, yeah. And getting them distro and, and seeing their stuff, you know, in stores, it really makes you feel good. Um but, yeah, it really yeah. does. Seeing somebody from far away that, you know, probably will, has never had a chance to see them play or, you know, even contact them, you know, really stoked on their music. And, hey, is there a way that I can get this, you know, sent over to Australia or, you know, whatever? It's like, that's eh, pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah, pretty totally. good feeling. Yeah, the, um, the band we had on last week, um, they're from Richmond. Um, they're called Love Roses. They they are one of those bands. Like if if I still was trying to do something like that, um, they are a band that I would absolutely push and love to see them move forward. At, you know, even as is from here. So you know, I'm I'm yeah. always like, hey guys, man, if you need any help booking people or whatever, just hit me up, man. I'll throw you some names, throw you some emails. Like you guys, you guys have uh, have something there that other people need to hear nice that's always good it's it's good to have people out there that give a helping hand i know i try to do the same thing like you said because we are small we only get to do a couple of releases a year you know just because of money everyone's working real jobs and <laughs> it, it's it's good to be able to go hey you know we can't do anything for you right now but i know the following people that also have small labels that have told me you know they're looking for somebody or hey i know somebody you know, on this coast or whatever that mm -hmm. you should really talk to that maybe can help you or at least point you in a direction of someone that can help. So, yeah, there, there still are some real good people out there. So there's actually a lot of them. That's, that's the cool thing about the whole punk scene nationwide and really COVID seems to sort of increase that camaraderie because yeah. we, we didn't get to see everybody at a show. You know, it was it was everybody interacting online like all day long. And it's like, well, what's your band doing? You know, what do, what, what do you sound like? You know, threads with like a hundred comments of bands that people ought to listen to and stuff like that. And that just kind of grew. So, I mean, that's a pretty good sign of where we're heading, I guess, if we eventually get to come out of all of this. Yeah, seems we've taken a step back a bit this week. But, but yeah, but we'll yeah. get there. We will get there. Right. It's yeah, going to take some time. Yeah. 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 I mean, like you said, it, it's, it is good to see everybody coming together. And that's, you know, once things totally open up, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if uh, the crowds are bigger, you know, because, you know, you don't really appreciate stuff until it's gone type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to, to keep to, you know, watch that develop. Um, mm. Did you grow up in St. Louis? 
No, I actually, I grew up in Kansas and then moved around. And then I got fortunate enough that the uh, job that I have now actually kind of moved me around the country. I grew with the company and got to open up new restaurants here and there. And that was kind of how I met a ton of people. Nice. And then I got involved in writing on some online zines and that helped. And yeah. Cool. Well, speaking of the restaurant, then uh, you are you are a chef, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is uh, what is the restaurant that you work at? That you got to move around the country. Uh, Cantina Laredo. Uh, we're based in that's... Dallas, Texas, and that's actually where I started. And then uh, I've I've gotten to I've lived in Little Rock, Omaha, Las Vegas, Chicago, here. Um, yeah, just. Got to move around, open new restaurants. I've heard the name before. Cantina Laredo. I've heard I've never been, but I've heard the name for sure. Yeah, we're they're they're good. It's it's good quality food, uh, nice atmosphere, uh, great people. I've been with the company now almost 15 years. Oh nice. So I mean, yeah, that's really impressive for like the food industry. That's that's awesome. Yeah, like I, I've stayed with them. They've they've done very right by me over the years. So, you know, I, I try to do right by them whenever I can. So that's, that's great. That that is great. Yeah, it's a, you don't you don't hear. Well, I mean, uh, at your level, I, there's more, but like you just don't hear yeah. about a super ton of success stories of people in like the that industry. And yeah, stuff. it's it's like a few years at max is. Yeah, it used to be. Are they writing on the East Coast? Uh, There are a few. We have a few in Florida. Um, Just opened one in Virginia Beach. Oh, that's close. I guess two years ago now. But yeah, there's a few. Like, you know, like everyone else in the restaurant and music industry, they we took a hit, you know, over the past year and a half or so. But uh, we're coming back. We're coming back strong. So. It's good. We have a good following. We have a lot of good people. Like I know, especially here, it was really nice that when we were able to finally come back, we just got tons of phone calls of people just saying, Hey, we're really happy that you're coming back to the neighborhood, you know, and we're going to, you know, be dining with y'all soon. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, I know, yeah. I know we, <laughs> we, um, we ordered DoorDash a lot from like local businesses. What during the pandemic, um, did that help you guys? I mean, were you able to do that at least? Honestly, it did. For we we did um, almost six months of just to go only. Okay. And then it was, and then we got to open back up. They did some strange things with restrictions and whatnot and so forth. And we got to open back up. And then when the city itself was shutting back down, going to to go only, uh, our our main financial partner decided that they had some things that they wanted to do the, to the building and some improvements that they wanted to do. And they were like, Hey, if nobody's here, you know, we can go ahead and knock all that out over the winter. And then when you guys come back, it'll all be ready. So <clears throat> they sent us, basically they sent us all home in November and brought us all back in April, but they had like completely rebuilt our patio. They had done a bunch of stuff inside the building. And yeah. Nice. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. So they utilized the time, wisely while we were you know all watching tv yeah <laughs> netflix 
That's all right, yeah, man. I, for sure. I, yeah. No, I was gonna say making records, but it's like we didn't. We literally yeah. had like one release, and it was already going. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't even do that. I know, I know how it is too, man. I was out of work from like March, mid March to like mid July, as well. It was it was weird? It's just so strange. It yeah, was. it's so strange, and like it ended up being like kind of in a nice way because it's like, oh, I got. I actually have time to sit and reflect and <laughs> look at my bad choices with life, but it's, yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> I can say that yeah, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, but like you said, I think it is good. I mean, not that it, not in the way that it happened, but to have that time to kind of reflect um, and, and see just how you can get by without a job that you might hate or something like, you know, if, if somebody happens to hate their job, you know, um, yeah, it forces you to look other where other you know other places, and I know a lot of people uh, probably came out of it with, you know, I don't know, better options maybe. Who knows? Yeah, and I mean, you know, anything that helps people be happy is essentially a good thing. I mean, it sounds dumb. It's like because you know I know lots of restaurants are short staffed and all that now. It's like, but it's like those people were unhappy doing what they were doing, and they got to be freed of that and go find something else that maybe they dig a lot. So right. you, know, yeah. you can't, you can't complain about someone getting to do better for themselves. You just, oh, yeah, you just can't, you can't be upset about it. Yeah. No, I, 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 fr- I know a ton of people who were just exactly what you're saying. They, they hated their fucking lives because they were ha- unhappy in their, you know, what they were doing with their life essentially <clears throat> at whatever job it was. And uh, we're able to have the means to figure out what they wanted to go do. Um, during that and now some of them are actually doing other things and a lot happier and uh yeah covid actually worked out quite well for them you know but right I, of and course that's there's pretty the awesome really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> super you know awesome that there was a ton of people who are who were able to take positives from this whole thing super awesome absolutely right? definitely feel terrible for all the people who who weren't yeah 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 i mean you definitely hear the opposite of you know that you know addiction yeah you know people relapsing a lot I mean, you know, it's it's just a really right. well let's bring it back up a little bit <laughs> yeah. yeah wow yeah. that was dark <laughs> so how did you get into punk rock and like do you remember as a kid or as a teenager kind of like that first album or that first thing that you heard that was like man and then you know how did it kind of develop from there i'll be honest i feel like such a fake because i can remember when punk really came out and the news was showing, you know, the kids in England with, with all the safety pins and the Mohawks and all that. And my dad going, goddamn kids, you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) And I remember thinking, it's like, well, that's kind of cool, but I was, you know, you're growing up in the Midwest and it's all, you know, Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like that stayed with me for, a long time and then you started i started hearing band, you know like buzzcocks and the clash and stuff like that and it's like well this is cool but i was still like a little high school metalhead and stuff like that and uh like i said i feel like a fake because i didn't really start getting into punk until i heard nirvana and you know listening to them and then hearing who they were attributing as well this is why we're doing what we're doing and going back and actually giving a real list to some of that stuff and it was like no nah, man this is this is it this is this is what the sound is that you know 
I really enjoyed. So it just kind of went from there. And then what really triggered everything else that I was doing was really moving to Las Vegas. Um, the Las Vegas punk scene there is they're super close knit. Like everybody knows everybody, but they, they all turn out for each other's shows. Um, you know, they're, they're always open to new faces and things like that. Um, Emily Matthew, uh, who recently passed away also, um, one of the very first shows I went to there, she, she was a writer for Punks in Vegas and knew everybody, everybody, and recognized me as like a new face. And I can't even remember what show it was, but I can remember her coming over. It's like, hey, you know, I noticed that you're new. I haven't seen you here before, you know, this, that, and just talking and making me feel very welcome. And after that, it was well, let me introduce you to my friend so-and-so and all it's not. So you start meeting everybody. And then the next thing you know, other people are doing the same thing for new people and bringing them over and going, hey, this is Damon. He's been in the scene for a few years and, you know, this is what we do. So that was really the tipping point for me feeling like I really wanted to be involved and become involved and just sort of like grow the scene wherever i could be yeah nice. yeah i mean that's it's it's definitely like it's you know i'm kind of the same way i was super into nirvana um i remember when kurt cobain died um <laughs> i walked over to my friend tom's house and he had uh, he had like all these candles lit and he and they, he was playing like uh shit uh, never mind through like the speaker in his house <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was a t- oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and, and going back to kind of like their, you know, Bleach and kind of the, the bands that they played with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same thing. Just kind of like started listening to the bands that they played with then, and um, but it's also like like you said, like it's a it's such a welcoming, uh, scene. Um. At least that's been my experience, and it seems like yours too, where it's like the first time that I kind of felt. Uh, like I totally belong somewhere, you know, when I, the first couple of shows that I went to and, and becoming good friends with like people and bands and stuff. And that, that kind of like sealed the deal for me as well. And um, it's always made me want to kind of give back, which was a big reason for starting the label. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We are very similar in that. Like, it, yeah. like you said, it, it's the first like real sort of, Hey, this, this feels like home and these people, you know, right feel like family not just friends and you know everybody's sort of looking out for each other and you know you see the new people and you get them in and you make sure that they're having a good time too and just keep building and building and building and it's it is nice it's very cool yeah and those relationships that i've started back when i was a sophomore junior in high school are still really strong today like you know like tom i was just at his house last night you know ty grew up with tom one of my best friends he he was uh when i first met him he was wearing this like jean jacket with a huge guns and roses patch on the back um he was a metalhead but uh <laughs> we kind of both you know entered the scene together and you know whatever but but yeah it's it's an awesome uh nice. yeah it's an awesome thing i love That's it rad. yeah yeah when, when uh when i remember when i first met ron uh our, our bands had played together but uh so I guess maybe not when I first met him. We met him that day, but then not too long after that, um, you know, he he approached us with 
you know, the record label spiel at some point. And, uh, and it was the first time I had heard um, the one that I used to give when I tried to do the same thing earlier. It's the one that I've always wanted to hear from another person that I had never heard. And, uh, and I was like, Oh shit. And so, you know, getting to know him uh, clearly came to understand that uh, Ron is a really, really awesome dude. And the reason why we, we sit here doing this today uh, and, and it seems Damon, you are somewhat of the same just by, you know, understanding what you have done and, and seeing your work and stuff like that, but now getting to talk to you and getting to know you. Uh, so it's, it's always nice to see uh, another, you know, another face like that or hear another voice like that. Cause it's, it's the ones that need to be out there. I mean, you, aside from, aside from the record label stuff, just understanding your work now and talking to you about it. Like it's not a, it, 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 it I, I worked in the service industry when I was younger, uh, obviously never getting to any sort of level you have, but it is a testament to 15 years of a company like that. Like, <laughs> I know that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. My friend Tom is also a chef, by the way. So <clears throat> he, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like a executive chef at a, um, like a old folks home type thing. Oh, this um, makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he loves it. He's, he's a, you know, he's a, funny dude but he loves like you know going out and talking with the old you know there's a lot of those people that are in there yeah. are super old and have nobody to talk to and they love him you know because he just kind of walks around and talks to everybody awesome. yeah but uh but so speaking of food we're gonna get into these questions that we ask everybody um <laughs> the first question is if you were on death row what would your final meal be and as a chef, I'm looking forward to your answer. Yeah, we are. We have been particularly looking forward to your answer on this one. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to let you down here, but uh, carne asada fries from Tacos El Gordo in uh, Las Vegas oh. are. I'm going to have to eat these just now. Amazing. Yes. Oh, I highly recommend. If you guys are out there, you, you got to go. They're, they've got a couple locations. The one on the strip is like always crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they do like tongue tacos, brain tacos, oh. and then like oh, well, all just they the do regular... brain. Yep. What 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 kind of is it? Is it cow brain, cow. pig brain? Yeah, it's cow brain. Cow brain because yeah. cow beef tongue is people that won't eat beef tongue are fucking missing out, man. They are fucking missing out because beef tongue tacos. <laughs> are my buddy shit. Alan. Yeah, they're so yeah. good. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, they do Lengua tacos, and they're they're awesome. Like everything they do is just amazing. But man, those mm-hmm. asada fries—I don't know what they do to them, but oh. uh, I need this. I'm all about those. All <laughs> I need, about them. I, I need this right now. All right. Well, the sec- the second question is: once you, uh, one thing that they do now uh, is you could actually take your ashes and have them eternalized into a vinyl record. They could press your ashes into a record. So if you were to take, if you were to, you know, choose to be cremated and, and make eternalize your ashes into a record, which album would you pick? It's that different for us every one. time we talk about it. Yeah, yeah it changes <laughs> right? all the fucking time. But yeah. Um, it's such a hard. I, I, my favorite song in the world is uh, Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world! And I would probably uh, nice. I guess maybe just do a seven inch version of that. I mean, right. I mean, oh, ain't big enough for <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Do the small one. I don't need the full LP. I can a little piece of me. Right. That's cool. That was that was what my dad used to put on for me when I was a kid, man. When I was going to bed and shit. 
was was Louis Armstrong <laughs> always. It's like the perfect song. Like yeah. it in in my mind, like people are like, "Oh my god, you know, you've been listening to music your whole life." It's like, yes, I have, and that is the best song. <laughs> Just straight up for me, for me, it's the best song ever. <laughs> Louis Armstrong fucking kicks ass. Yeah, I I think that's actually where my love of music comes from. Is that song, Louis Armstrong, "Wonderful World," and my mom used to play fucking um uh, johan pachelbel like canon and d like the classical song oh wow, wow. so it, it's yeah it was like a, a just like those two songs as i was a little kid like that ingrained the love of music in me so whatever that's awesome yeah for what it's worth you know i i guess who knows it brought me to punk rock yeah it's yeah. like who, who knows the roads we traveled to get here but it's just <laughs> cool that we all got here yeah yeah fuck yeah i wish more people would who is on your uh, Mount Rushmore of punk rock and you get a crazy horse too. So you get five. Ooh. Bob mold for sure. Dude is just incredible. Probably Joe Strummer. If nothing else for a lot of heart, not a true punk, but I would say Elvis Costello, a lot of his, his nice. early stuff and the way he writes definitely uh, gets him a spot. You're the you're the second person who's said Elvis Costello now. Really? Uh, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> First to say Bob Mold, by the way. Nobody else has. Really? Said yeah. Yep. Huh. I, I believe at least, right, Ron? I, I don't yeah, that's I've the first it. I've heard it. Yep. Yep. I find myself trying to steal glances over at my records, going, "Man, how do I make this <laughs> <sound> cool?" <laughs> <laughs> you got three pretty quickly, though. That's 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 pretty good. You got three quicker than most people do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I think for my number four, I'm going to go with Paul Westerberg because <clears throat> who, who doesn't love the replacements? And <laughs> yeah, that's their wild debauchery. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> you're not, I believe you're not the first person who said him either. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Mick Jones, Mick Jones from The Clash. Yep. There you go. Because not only did he do punk, then he made badass uh, dance music after he left. Yeah, them. That's right. It's like, that's wait, what? You do you do pop music? <laughs> <laughs> the do now, and it's good too. I can listen to Big Audio Dynamite all the time. Oh yeah. How did you get into uh, cooking? Was it did you kind of like work your way up in the system, or did you go to school for it, or? Um, I worked my way up through the system. Uh, cool. Both of my parents were awesome cooks. Uh, nice. My my dad more so on the actual cooking cooking side my mom more so on the baking side but mm. they both were phenomenal and grew up with both of them like taking turns in the kitchen and doing stuff like that and then when i was actually in college i started working at a at a little mexican restaurant as a dishwasher and a fry guy and just kind of worked my way up so and it ended up being what I've done my entire life. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> Shit, man. That's uh, like work their way up from that to, to where you're at yeah. now. I don't, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've heard that before. I mean, I mean, I've, I've heard the story in plenty of professions, but I don't know if I've heard it go from, from that to that in, in the service industry before. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, you know, the guy just, I don't, I don't know what he saw in me or why, because I was just a stupid kid at the time. You know, I was, I think I was 19 when I started with him and, uh, 
he was like, you know, you're, you're actually pretty good at this. And then just started, you know, Hey, do you want to come in on some prep shifts and started working with him and just flavors and food and just appreciation for that stuff. And I just kind of kept going. And yeah, Mexican food is unbeatable too. Like it's, Absolutely. Yes, it's it is. my favorite food in the world. Like I'm, yeah. I'm so happy that I get to do what I yeah. do for a living, you know? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I lived in Monterey, California for a couple of years and there was some, I forget the names of them, but it was, it was always like, kind of like the ones that look like hole in the wall type places. It's just like, mm-hmm. those are the ones you got to go uh, to, man. So good. It's yep. just good. Mexican food is it's unfucking, and I'm Italian. Like I've had really good Italian food. <laughs> I love my grandmother. I love her uh, sauce, but damn, give me some Mexican food. Like, I to... Right. Yeah. Oh, there was, a, there was this place that used to be down the street from my old house that was called Jalisco. Um, yeah. Just the name of the Mexican province or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the waitresses in the place didn't even speak English. And it was so fucking good. I remember going in there the first time and she was like trying to talk to me. And I was just like, the guy at the little deck was like, hey, man, they don't they don't speak English. Like, just point to the, the thing on the menu. And I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm very hopeful right now that this place is going to be amazing. And uh, oh, my God, I'm so sad nice. that place closed down. Oh, <laughs> it was the best. Are you bilingual? Uh, only a little bit. OK, like it's, it's mo- mostly like kitchen Spanish food stuff so, yeah gotcha uh, yeah a lot of food stuff a lot of slang and yeah you know, cool foul words <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh what's your favorite Mexican dish uh tacos pastor I, I love pastor tacos just the mm. the pork and the sauce and everything it's, yeah it's my favorite and I try to order it like anywhere I go so yeah Oh my god! I'm gonna have to eat a second dinner after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I heard, I guess, a little. I don't know if it's a rumor. Maybe that's maybe that's not the best word for it. But that uh, you used to used to put bands up, or maybe still do put bands up and feed them while they were on the road. Or is that was that still when you were do. in Dallas? Still do. Yeah. Yeah. Still do. Uh, started doing it. I guess actually when I was like in Little Rock. And just kind of kept it going because, you know, friends tour through and it's like a lot of times I work a lot of hours, so I wouldn't get to see them unless, you know, they could maybe come in and it's like, hey, would you guys want free tacos? Mm. And it's like, okay. oh, <laughs> who's going to say absolutely, no? <laughs> right, because absolutely, you know, and then uh, you, you start realizing, I, I guess, the more friends you have like i've never actually been on tour but so many of my friends had and they're like oh yeah we get like we've got like five bucks allowance a day to like eat and you're like fuck man if i could just give you a meal would that help at all they're like oh my god that would be amazing it's like okay well cool so yeah just started doing that so then anytime you know at first it was just friends coming in and doing that and then like friends would tell friends and then finally, it was just like, hey, you just kind of make the announcement. It's like, hey, if, if somebody's touring through the city and, you know, you need a good meal, I, I, I can help you out at least for, you know, one show, one night, one afternoon or whatever. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's it's nice to know that, you know, you're helping them save a little bit of money and giving them a decent meal as they 
go from town to town and I don't know. It just, uh, it's a nice way to, I guess, let them know that they're appreciated too by me for, for what they do. And I guess what they give to me, like through their music and stuff. And, you know, again, like through the friends, the, 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 just the friendships that we have and just get a little bit of time to hang out when they're, when they're not actually working, you know, it, it's sometimes it's hard to hang out with your friends when they're playing a show because so much of what they do is also, you know, they have to sell their merch. They have to push their records. They have to, you know, talk to all the people that aren't actually their friends because they're the ones that are going to be buying you right. know, more stuff and, and telling their friends to buy stuff too. So, you know, it, it just works out good for everybody. We get, we get some hangout time and they get a good meal and I get to say thanks. And then, you know, get to see them later do their thing and it's it's pretty rad yeah well, coming coming from a guy who has done some touring not not anywhere near as much as a lot of other people have but from just a little bit of amount that i have done in a few years i did it would have been super appreciative from me i can tell you that much so i i you know i know it goes well 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 over that with you know a lot of the bands that have done way more touring than i have and it, it is it is very, uh, very fucking awesome when people do what, what you've done. I appreciate it. Like I said, I try. It's like I, I appreciate so much of, I guess, what happens in in music and in the scene in general. And, you know, you see all these people and it's, it's nice to be able to say thanks, you know, face to face or, you know, hey, I love your fucking record. And it's like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> So here's here's a burrito. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the best gift. It's the best Dude, gift. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! I can't think of anything better on the road than like it a is. free fucking Mexican meal. That's so like, awesome. you want a burrito? Like, yeah. What? A, like you want to be my <laughs> right. best friend? Always, always <laughs> yeah. want a burrito. And Mexican food carries well too. So it's like yeah. even if you don't yeah. eat it all right then, it's like you take it with you, man. Totally. It's gonna be good tonight too. There yeah. is so few people in this world that dislike Mexican food. Like everyone loves it, you know. It's like ninety-five yeah. percent of all people love Mexican food. Yeah. Absolutely, and and through you know interaction with like friends and stuff, I've also I've upped my game on like doing the whole vegetarian and vegan type stuff too. Oh yeah, because nice. I was I wasn't all that much into it, and it's you know so many people now have switched to a non-meat yeah. diet that it was like man, I I can't just cut them out or just give them lettuce right. on a plate. Yeah. It's like <laughs> oh, yeah. you know so. There's a lot of shit you could play around with in the in the vegan and the yeah. vegetarian. There world really too, is, man. Yeah. man. It it was super cool to you know learn a bunch of stuff and to find out you know what people dig and don't dig and you know what you thought was cool. It's like, well, you know, we'd really appreciate it more if you know if it was something like this. And it's like, oh, man, that's like way easier, and you know, I can do that, that yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's... I know I. <clears throat> little skill builder for me too so. yeah it opens up the it opens up so many more uh you know fans and possibilities like yeah because it's sure. like you said it's it's so i mean it's it's so big now and yeah so many people are doing it and uh you know so to be able to kind of like you know have mm -hmm. your little niche where you you could actually make really good mexican food for the for that crowd is awesome that's yeah yeah. It veganism's pretty big in the punk rock crowd too. So oh, yeah. I know there's yes yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, and I, I'm like, I'm super, super love eating like new vegan and vegetarian dishes. Super love it. I'm not either of the two, but doesn't mean I can't fucking eat it. Love it. Yeah, yeah man. They like they come up with some great stuff. And like I said, even if even if someone wants to do it for like just a meal or whatever, it's nice to have that as an option. Something that's going to be super delicious. And you know, yeah, I've tried so many times to go like vegetarian. Um, I love animals, and I get heartbroken when I see like. <laughs> A truck driving down the road with like a bunch of pigs in the back i guess i get like so like fucking but i just can't i can't yeah. not eat it <laughs> and I, right exactly it's, it's like i feel horrible but bacon yeah. is delicious and yeah. how am i supposed to ignore yeah, that yeah i know it sucks but yeah but, oh. i yeah uh, i fall in that category as well ron yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but but i but i do that god and i i I ate tofu for so fucking long. Like, and not that I wasn't eating meat. It's just like, I don't really eat it that much anymore, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, there's so many different ways to cook it. And I know like a lot of people who eat meat don't like it, but fuck that. It's good. You yeah, can make it, it taste like whatever the fuck you want it to taste like. Like, yeah. yeah. If you, all you gotta do is put a little bit of effort in, man. That stuff's delicious. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's and you so can add good. it to almost anything. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's so versatile. God, making burrito bowls with it is is the best. Like it's so good. Yeah, I stopped eating mammals for a year, like a few years ago. <laughs> so for I was a just, year, uh, yeah. For I was uh, actually when we played at um the Bourbon Room. Is that what it's called, the Bourbon Room? In oh yeah, yeah. In, in Fredericksburg, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, that was when I was not eating mammals. I was just <laughs> sticking with like poultry and fish. Because oh, I figured like there. <laughs> poultry and fish are so dumb they probably don't know when they're dying. I don't know. That was that was that was <laughs> when I made myself believe. <laughs> um, but it's you know, and eventually, I think it was salami that eventually got me. Uh, <laughs> that's how it does. That magical pig. Uh, uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any uh, upcoming releases or uh, shows or anything on from Bipolar? Um, right now we are working. We just got done uh, releasing Matt Casket and the Breaks first LP. Cool. Oh, nice. Um, came out about a month or so ago. I've, I I was super pumped about that because I've I've known Matt for a number of years and he's a super rad guy and really talented. And so this like new version of him and his band was really exciting to, uh, I, I was really excited when he was like, Hey, you know, we want to release an album. Would you consider being on board with it? So, so it was just a, an easy yes right off the bat for me. Is that like what casket is now? Cause casket. Yes. It's fucking rad. Yeah. 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 They were, they were amazing. And yeah, uh, I, I tell him all the time, like Old Fires, New Frontiers is like probably the best propaganda album that was never released by propaganda. Yeah, it's, it's just true. It is just so it's good. A good album. Like, That's a really good start album. to finish. And uh, yeah, when they they made some uh, personnel changes and became Matt Casket in the breaks, and he added you know a couple of friends and. Uh, yeah, their new music is just really good. It's still very heartfelt. It's still very serious, and it still has all of his touches as far as talent-wise goes. 
but in a very different direction. It isn't the melodic hardcore direction anymore. It's a little more on the, uh, uh, I guess you'd say like sort of an emo-ish side, hmm. more of a Sam I Am oh. sort yeah. of vibe kind of thing. Nice. That was really good. Um, we're also, it's in the pressing plant now, so it's probably not going to be ready until next year. But uh, super pumped about we're doing a shrug dealer out of uh, Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, they uh, they released an outstanding EP a couple of years ago, and then um, they're doing another, they did another EP, so we're working it, so we're going to put them both out on vinyl, uh, on a AB side kind of thing, and uh, get that out. But yeah, they're amazing. They're a lot of fun. And I think what well, we were laughing about it when we, put it in they have five tracks and it's like just over 14 minutes <laughs> so oh wow it's like, it's like super fast super intense and it's in That's and cool. it like grabs your ears shakes you and then you're done <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> love that that's cool yeah and then uh you know your buddy justin he's uh next year we're we're hoping to have a new kid you not album out nice um, there's some folks we're working with in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, called Boob Sweat. We're, we're ha, hoping. I know who Boob Sweat hoping, is. <laughs> yeah, they're they yeah. amazing. It's awesome, yeah, man. yeah, and, yeah. And uh, like, they are so freaking talented, and we've we've talked to them for a while. So they're they're working on their album, and we're hoping to get it out sometime, probably near the end of last, next year. I, but, I saw, yeah. I saw, I saw some. I can't even remember when it was, but I was like, "Ah, oh, boob sweat." I was like, "This has to be a joke," and I like clicked on it, and I was like, "Oh, this, this is not a joke. This is for real." And then, like, I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, these guys are kind of fucking rad." Like, <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I found out about them through a, a friend of mine. He was like, "Oh, I can't even remember what show it was, but we were going to." They came up and they're like, "Oh, hey, you know." Uh, Cole said that we need to meet you and stuff. It's like, okay. So then we start talking and everything. And then I like heard their music. I'm like, holy shit, that's you guys. <laughs> it's like, good <laughs> Lord, that's good. Yep. That's boob sweat. Like, yep. It's like, that's awesome. It's like, oh my God. Can I, can I, can I please release your record? <laughs> it's like, but that's, that's really all we got for right now. Uh, my buddy Andy, co-founder of the label, he's in a band called Last One Down. They just finished recording, so we're trying to get everything touched up. So hopefully we can do springtime for them with how everything has been the last year. So everything is backed up. So, yeah, yeah. you know, quote, quote times that were 12 weeks are now, you know, 24 weeks or oh, more. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know. We, we've got some things that we're working on and saving our pennies for, but as for when they're actually going to come out, it's kind of tough to say right now. Yeah. Hey, but it'll be out eventually, you know? Like, Absolutely, it will. You got, you got the and, gears turning and shit, you know? Yeah, we're excited. That was one thing that we were laughing about is like COVID actually helped us because we couldn't really do anything but think and plan for, you know, yeah six or seven months because we're all just like kind of sitting at home and you know every day it's the whole like texting each other it's like what if we did this <laughs> it's like what if we did that it's like who should we talk to about these things so we got like a lot of stuff 
before the label actually lined out with all of us just like sitting around watching TV and, and talking while we were off work. Yeah, that's cool. Cause, yeah, because for a little bit, like all of us, all of us were out of work except for Justin because he mostly worked from home anyway. So he was the only one not affected. The rest of us would like text him like yeah. all hours of the day. <laughs> hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like working I'm, I'm at work what do you want <laughs> Matt and I got to start this podcast because of the our yeah. bands were not doing anything so we're like fuck it Let's, we were talking about doing this for a few months and then all of a sudden it's like well now there's nothing yeah. else to do so now we have no excuse yeah <laughs> right it's like ah oh, I guess we got here now <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah just keep going see what happens you know right let's see what happens now now yeah. we're now now we're throwing a fucking party and a show and shit and um, a year later you know fuck that's awesome <laughs> yeah man it's something you know absolutely how do you I deal with something. um i always have this question for like uh people who other people who run labels how do you deal with when a band contacts you um that isn't kind of up to par with you know what I mean? Like, uh, if, if they're not good, I'll just come out and say it. Like, if, if, you know, because I, I have a really hard time being, um, I don't even want to say being an asshole because you're just being honest. Honest, but, um, yeah, right. honest. But I, I have a, that's one of my, one of my problems that I'm kind of like a people pleaser and it does not work well if you're running a record label <laughs> because. Yeah, it's super hard to say no. And it's also, like you said, it's super hard to give that criticism to them and just like, hey, you guys need a lot more work before right. you go into a studio and do that. Um, I guess I'm, I'm super lucky that I haven't had to do it very much. It's Yeah, it's funny because I follow uh, Mike Park from Asian Man Records. Um, I don't know if it was Twitter or something, but he, he tweeted something. It was an old um, flyer or something that Fat Mike used to use when Fat Records first started. And it was like five checks on it. It was like one of them was like, your band sucks. Don't ever contact me again. One of them was <laughs> your band sucks, but still needs a lot of work. One of them was like, you're OK, but not, you know, it was like these three, these five yeah. like super straight to the point, harsh. And basically he would just like put a check mark on one of them and mail it back to you. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I found that really funny when I when I first saw it. That was something I could never right. do to somebody like. Ever. Well, yeah. and it's also funnier that it was Mike Park do it. You know, showing well, it was, yeah, yeah. Like everyone knows that Mike's not that guy at all. It's like, oh man, I can't even imagine that he would ever even think of something like that. Yeah. So he, it was actually it was Fat Mike's. He was just yeah. kind of showing. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's but I'm I'm just like. He's like Hewitt, yeah. Well, this 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 is what some people do. It's yeah. like I can just imagine Mike giving you like the gentlest let down I know. ever. Like, I know. Well, your band's pretty terrible, but you're yeah. still a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, I mean, look what he made out of out of Fat Records. Yeah. So maybe he was onto something. <laughs> right. I just. I was gonna say that. he's like he's he's got like all the money that we're all like going. What do I got to do to do that? And it's like, oh, I got to act like that. Nah. Yeah, yeah, him, exactly. <laughs> him or Mr. Brett, at least. Epitaph is still the only independent record label to ever put out a record that went platinum ever. Which was that? What was that? Stranger Than Fiction? No, Offspring Smash. Oh, okay. That wasn't on um, no, Nitro? No, nope. I thought that was on Nitro. No. Nope. It was Epitaph. Okay. Yeah. 
Offspring, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was absolutely definitely 100% epitaph. I yield to Matt on all things uh, punk rock. So. Right. <laughs> you watch some, of, yeah, you watch some of their documentaries or at least epitaphs or bad religions documentaries. Mr. Brett talks about it a whole bunch. He's like, we we were selling records faster than we could make them. He was like, we had like two million records sold and still needed like 400,000 copies fucking printed. Damn. Oh my He's God. like, we, we didn't even have the fucking money to to. That's an awesome do, problem to have. To, yeah, to right? put out the fucking amount of records that were bought. Yeah. <laughs> and also has to be how he has made most of his money just off that one fucking record. Granted, yeah. I'm sure Epitaph has other records that they have sold a shit ton of, especially some of the Bad Religion and NoFX ones. But yeah, that but offspring not close one, to that yeah. number. I mean, that's what you have yeah. to hope for when you run yeah. the labels that you have that one band that's going to hit that, you know, I can sell these records forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like with Larry Livermore and Greendale. We had two because I think like another Epitaph record, like No Effects is Punk and Drublick. I think that was in their top ten of most sold records, and I think that even was only like gold, like ten thousand copies or whatever. Still to this date. Hmm. And that was Epitaph too. Yeah. 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 It's but weird I, that No Effects was on Epitaph. Yeah. Well, they were they were on Epitaph all the way up, even yeah. through some of their Fat Records years. I think. Their first full-length Fat Records where they did their own was was the Heavy Petting Zoo. No, that was Epitaph. It wasn't even um, Pump Up the Valium. Yes, Pump Up the Valium. That was still Epitaph. Have you read their book, The Hepatitis Bathtub, and other store or whatever it's called? I've read. Uh, it is uh, things here and there. Of it. <laughs> it is the most entertaining slash disturbing book I have ever read. Um, I highly recommend. Some of the stories in there are insane. But I was gonna say I've only heard some of the stories from it. I haven't yeah. actually read it. No. I've I've watched YouTube videos of them reading excerpts from the book themselves, like at like places, and it's it's it's. Uh, like when a drummer, when Smelly was forced to um, swallow the heroin. Yeah. You ever hear that yeah. one? He, had a sh- he, had he, a, oh my God. he, he read that spaghetti strainer to shit it out. And then he yeah, just he, washed he, it off and put it back. <laughs> he read, he read that story live on like a YouTube video that I saw. It's like in front of like a whole giant crowd of people. <laughs> so, oh, so funny. So do you want to go ahead and plug everything? I know you plugged stuff earlier, but go ahead and plug away. See, I feel I feel weird plugging stuff too. It's I'm horrible at this. Anyway, <laughs> go listen. Go to Bipolar Records and just cruise the list and find out who our friends are and shit. And is it is it just stuff? Is it just bipolarrecords.com? <laughs> yep. Yep. And we'll yeah, we're we're easy. Yeah, and it, it'll pull up everyone. If you uh, if you follow us online, you'll see some of the our uh, online group. Uh, bipolar bears and cool. uh yeah and that's by to... bipolar b-y-p-o-l yes l-a-r yep. yes and and if you're a traveling band uh you know make sure to hit yeah if you're up. a traveling band coming through st louis hit me up yeah, he'll, he'll we, give you a can, burrito we can hook you up fuck yeah man it could awesome. even be a vegan burrito hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right Damon, well thanks so much for doing this man we really appreciate it Thank you guys for having me. Definitely would like to keep in touch, man. Yeah, fuck for yeah. sure. Cool. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Later. All right. Later. Yeah. Until later, my friend.